Reduce stress and sleep better this holiday season with the Plus CBD Holiday Survival Kit. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. Their Plus CBD Holiday Survival Kit includes CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine and 5-HTP. The bundle also includes CBD Sleep, which aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. Treat yourself or give the gift of peaceful days and tranquil nights to your loved ones. To order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for your Plus CBD Holiday Survival Kit. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and today's subject is gut health and the application of prebiotics and postbiotics and probiotics. There's sort of three phases of how we can uh, augment our microbiome with uh, one of our go-to experts. He's Dr. Ross Pelton. Uh, you, if you're a regular listener, you're familiar with him. Uh, he is uh, has a degree in pharma in uh, pharmacy. He's also a PhD and a certified clinical nutritionist, and he's a microbiome scientist. And he's scientific director for Essential Formulas. Uh, he is the author of twelve books. Uh, recently, uh, we interviewed him on the subject of anti aging. Uh, that's a subject uh, in its own right, and he's an expert on that. Uh, what's the name of your book, uh, your most recent book, Ross? And you're going to have a second title edition is, soon. Yeah, title is really a mouthful. Rapamycin, mTOR, autophagy, and treating mTOR syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, rapamycin is uh, really in the news these days because a lot of people who are uh, very uh, proactive on the anti-aging front are embracing rapamycin uh, as a one of the more plausible anti-aging treatments. And, you know, of course, there are others, uh, metformin, uh, and then there are a variety of nutraceuticals. So uh, you have uh, deep insights in that subject, uh, as well as in microbiome science. Uh, but before we get to our discussion about uh, the GI tract, uh, I just want to uh, commemorate the passing of uh, someone who is uh, very central uh, to the story of essential formulas, uh, he's Michael Shore. Uh, he is the uh, chairman and founder uh, of EFI, uh, Essential Formulas. Uh, and it was around 23 years ago that Michael established uh, EFI uh, to launch a remarkable probiotic, which is the Dr. Ahira probiotic to the North American market. And, and Ross, I can recall... And it must have been, you know, since it was 23 years ago that they launched, I think it was just soon thereafter, maybe 22 years ago, uh, that I saw this uh, uh, probiotic being introduced at one of the expos. And uh, immediately I, I got excited about it because it just seemed to be different. 
uh, it was different than, you know, because probiotics have been around for a long time. Uh, and most of them were acidophilus formulas, you know, powdered formulas and bottles. Uh, and the concern was, you know, do they really uh, take root? Do they really make a difference? And of course, there's been an explosion in our understanding of probiotics uh, in the last quarter century. Uh, but uh, Dr. Hero's probiotics have really stood the test of time, and I embraced them then, uh, and I still recommend them. Uh, Michael, uh, uh, his story is interesting because he had a personal journey. Uh, he had been stricken with severe colitis for most of his life, uh, and uh, he was in other businesses before he uh, developed uh, essential formulas. But he became so excited uh, about the potential for this this type of probiotic, which he sourced, I believe, in Asia, right? He was traveling to Japan uh, or, or he was traveling to I don't remember the stories. So he was in Indonesia, was actually in Malaysia, Malaysia. In, OK, in Malaysia. Yeah. Right. So to you know the story, right? So what was the story? Yeah. yeah. The, the origin story on that? Yeah, my, yeah. So Michael was traveling in Malaysia and he had a, a severe bout of intestinal problems and was incapacitated. And one of his traveling companions was a Malaysian physician who gave him some Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. And he was very quickly, I'm going to say cured, but I mean, the, the symptoms alleviated very quickly. And Michael's a pretty curious guy. And uh, he was so astounded by this because he's been a, uh, had a problem with the gastrointestinal problems for his entire adult life that he reached out and got in touch with Dr. O'Hara and eventually went and met Dr. O'Hara in Japan. And after a couple of meetings, uh, Dr. O'Hara gave Michael Shore the sole rights to import and distribute Dr. O'Hara's probiotics in the United States. So that's when, in the year 2000, Michael Shore came back from Japan and formed essential formulas specifically to uh, import and market Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. And when this business started, uh, Michael and his wife, Jolyn, would load samples of Dr. O'Hara's probiotics in the back of their car and drive around the country from one health food store and one mm -hmm. vitamin store to another, mm -hmm. one at a time, just introducing them to Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Right. And I remember being a, an early adopter uh, of that, along with a couple of uh, physicians here in New York City who were also impressed with that uh, brand of probiotic. Uh, OK, so so, you know, somebody say, well, yeah, but ultimately he succumbed. So, you know, what good are probiotics? Well, he he survived uh, colitis and uh, he, he made it well into his 80s. Unfortunately, he uh, came down with uh, very aggressive brain cancer, which he fought valiantly for two years. But he ultimately uh, passed away uh, earlier this month. So, uh, you know, we extend uh, condolences to uh, all the folks at EFI uh, uh, and his family, to uh, uh, to uh, William and Marty and uh, all the rest of the folks over there at, at EFI. But I know that they will carry on his work because uh, you bet. he has established uh, a legacy. And uh, that uh, is a product that and a company that's going to continue uh, at full throttle. You bet. And I'm committed to that also, for sure. It's uh, uh, When we launched this company back in the year 2000, or when Michael launched it, uh, very few people knew what postbiotics were. And that's what really, uh, what, what we're talking about, uh, these postbiotic metabolites, which are now recognized to be really the health-regulating compounds that uh, regulate so much of your health. And they're produced by your probiotic bacteria. But many people are not consuming a healthy diet, so they're not able to produce adequate amounts of the postbiotic metabolites, and consequently, gut problems are an epidemic. When I uh, hear 
probiotic skeptics, and there and there are some out there. And basically, what they're saying is that uh, it's really too early to say what the impact of probiotics are because a we don't know if they're bioavailable. We don't know if they survive the transit into the GI tract. And B, we don't know if, if even if they get to the GI tract, to the lower GI tract where bacteria predominate, where the microbiome resides, uh, whether they actually proliferate. You know, because it's kind of like if a farmer spreads seeds, you know, uh, on a field during the dust bowl, you know, with, with desiccated land and unfertile soil, uh, what good is it? They're not going to take root. Uh, they're just going to blow away. Uh, and so uh, the Dr. Hero's formula has sort of uh, solved that issue to some extent, has it not? Yes, right. And you're, you're really bringing up a good point. Um, uh, many people don't correctly understand the microbiome and how probiotics work, and, and they're not getting much benefit from commercial probiotics because they're not consuming the dietary fibers and polyphenols, which are the primary food groups for your probiotic bacteria that enable them to make these postbiotic metabolites. And Ron, I've, I've got a number of studies that document the fact that 90 to 95% of American children and adults do not consume the recommended amounts of dietary fibers and polyphenols. So almost everybody is not getting enough of these compounds to feed their probiotic bacteria so they have a messed up microbiome and get dysbiosis and intestinal permeability and all sorts of illnesses. And um, Dr. Hiras does do an end run around that problem because we're directly delivering over 500 of these postbiotic metabolites to the intestinal system. And I, I heard a, an interesting uh, statistic uh, that, um, uh, you know, I'm hoping I'm, I'm, I'm quoting it correctly because there are a lot of interventions that are said to extend life, and you're involved with many of them, you know, with rapamycin and uh, yeah. mTOR inhibitors, and, you know, we've looked at metformin and, and the role of various vitamins. Uh, but uh, there's a very interesting statistic which suggests that uh, Americans obviously don't meet their fiber requirements, as you said. Uh, and I think if I'm correctly stating it, that for each uh, 10% uh, increment in the amount of uh, uh, fiber that you consume, you obtain a, about a, a 10% increment in your longevity. Uh, am I stating it roughly correctly? I mean, the, there's definitely a relationship, yep, and it's a very that, robust relationship, you know, between fiber yep. consumption and overall longevity. I mean, and we're not talking like one specific disease, you know, colon cancer, heart disease, diabetes, but a multitude of diseases that end up shortening your life. Exactly. And um, I'm actually writing an article right now that will be published in a medical journal titled The Microbiome Theory of Aging. Oh, wow. And it very gets right to, to a fundamental underlying explanation of why bad diet and a microbiome that has got an imbalance between good and bad bacteria creates all of these health problems or is at least strongly associated with the development of them. And if we look at the anthropological evidence, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, eat paleo, eat paleo, eat the way you eat an ancestral diet, uh, is not a, a high fiber content, a virtually a universal attribute of a paleolithic diet, of a, our ancestral diet, the diet that our bodies evolved to uh, uh, cope with? Yep. For 99.99% of human evolution, people ate a diet cons uh, consumed with natural foods from the environment that were high fiber and high on these polyphenol compounds. And um, 
meat eating is more recent in the evolution of mankind, uh, but we really developed the the whole evolution of Homo sapiens based on a plant-based diet. And now we've gotten away from that so much, it's really causing a lot of health problems. Well, I, w- I would take issue with that a little bit because uh, it is, it's actually been said that, you know, our uh, prehistoric ancestors, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, 2.5 million years ago when uh, the human species uh, diverged from our, from, uh, you know, the, the lineage that ultimately uh, produced gorillas and chimpanzees, that uh, the the leap forward that we made is because we were able to get more concentrated sources of protein. You know, it, there's only a certain amount of brain growth that you can sustain, uh, you know, even if you eat a bushel of bananas every day like a gorilla does, <laughs> you know. So, no, no, so that's protein true. is a protein I'm, I'm not against. Yeah, you bet. I'm not against protein at all. It's very important. Uh, and it, But it has to be healthy program protein and so many people are eating farm-raised fish and and the cattle are fattened up on feedlots and you know so a lot of it is not healthy for in many ways um another kind of a tidbit of information that i found out recently that is absolutely fascinating to me dr ron is that no animal makes protein okay all the all the amino acids are made by bacteria Okay, and then the 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 animals will assemble the protein, but Mm -hmm. a cow does not Mm -hmm. make amino acids. That the bacteria and the ruminant gut of the cow, and so that's Uh, fascinating. That bacteria have been controlling things for so long. I think I think what you're referring to is the paradox by which we, you know, a lot of vegetarians say, "Hey, you know, uh, I can gain plenty of muscle and uh, you know, uh, lean body mass uh, by just eating vegetables and fruit." Uh, because look at a cow. Cows just eat all yeah. they eat is grass. And yet look at them. Look at, look at their ability to put on enormous amounts of weight. You know, a cow weighs like half a ton. Uh, and, and so, but here, here's the, the difference between cows and humans. Uh, as you know, cows have five stomachs. And they also have a type of, and they also have a very rich and diversified microbiome, which includes what are called nitrogen fixing bacteria. Uh, and these nitrogen fixing bacteria, to make protein, you need nitrogen. And those bacteria have the ability to synthesize all the protein that goes into that muscle, uh, that makes our, you know, steaks and, you know, porterhouse steaks and filet mignon and stuff like that. When they just eat grass, I mean, you, you don't, yeah. they're not carnivores. They don't eat, you know, uh, they don't eat uh, meat to, to develop their own muscle uh, mass. But humans uh, perhaps have a more, more limited ability and do need exogenous protein, right? Yes, I, I am in favor of eating an appropriate amount of protein, a healthy protein on a regular basis. I think it's very important. And in fact, I'm, I'm getting more interested in that because as people age, they need more protein. Our right. ability to synthesize protein goes down. And so I'm, I'm getting more involved and we'll be writing about that also. Great. Okay. So, uh, so coming back, but, uh, the catalyst. For all that, all those polyphenols, all those beneficial substances that we get from fresh fruits and vegetables uh, has got to be uh, something. So, uh, the, the bacteria that uh, act on these substances uh, to produce, ben- produce beneficial compounds, the so-called postbiotics, right? 
Yes, in fact, the the dietary fibers and the polyphenols are huge compounds, enormous size, and we do not have the enzymes, humans do not have the enzymes to digest and metabolize dietary fibers and most of the polyphenols, so they go all the way through our digestive system unaffected until they reach the colon, and in the colon, they are the food for your probiotic bacteria, mm-hmm. and the bacteria break these compounds down into smaller compounds that have a great deal of bioactivity. Yeah, and for a while, I took a simplistic view. I thought, well, you know, all that resveratrol that we get from wine and grapes uh, and all those proanthocyanidins that we get from berries mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the, the, the flavanols that we get from coffee, tea, and cocoa, uh, that they go directly to the brain. And I kind of visualized my brain, you know, turning purple or brown, or, you know, because of all those uh, uh, polyphenols. But actually, the, there's a blood-brain barrier. They don't go directly into the brain. Uh, it, it, that's my impression. And they actually have to be uh, broken down into helpful compounds in the gut. And then subsequently, they can act on the brain. Is, is that a You bet. They go to the colon. Right. They go to the colon, and the bacteria break them down and metabolize them and ferment them. And, and the smaller metabolites, the postbiotic metabolites, do get absorbed and do cross the blood-brain barrier and have body-wide effects in regulating your health. So uh, um, what's in uh, Dr. Harris that's not in, say, like a powdered uh, lactobacillus thing that you might get in a bottle and you have to keep in a refrigerator? Uh, there's bacteria, right? So, so that's yes, there's well, a similarity there. Uh, the, the I call commercial probiotics that have bacteria in a capsule or a tablet a starter culture. Those mm-hmm. bacteria have not done any work yet. But Dr. Ahiras have been working in a uh, fermentation vat for three to five years, breaking down the organic foods that they're supplied with and producing these postbiotic metabolites. So Dr. O'Hara's contains some probiotic bacteria and some of the prebiotics that are used in the fermentation process, but the primary and most important component of Dr. O'Hara's is the 500 or more postbiotic metabolites. And that's what directly and very quickly starts to elicit change in the microbiome ecosystem to rebalance things and to uh, solve gastrointestinal problems like gas and bloating and constipation and diarrhea and inflammation and so forth. And so that's why they're so unique and different and so fast acting. Uh, talk to us about uh, short chain fatty acids, which are among the postbiotics. Uh, there's a lot of research on what they do. And now some of the research, uh, kind of exciting research on, on what uh, they're abbreviated SCFAs, short chain fatty acids, what sure. they do for the brain. Exactly. Short chain fatty acids are one of the most important classes of postbiotic metabolites. And uh, one of the most important ones is called butyric acid. And um, butyric acid is the primary source of energy for the cells that line your gastrointestinal tract. And turns out that the cells that line your gastrointestinal tract have the highest rate of turnover of any cells in the human body. And it takes a lot of energy to continually be producing these new cells in the lining of the GI tract. And if people have dysbiosis, the, they have inflammation in the lining of your GI tract. My, and me, my impression will, is, is, I think I heard a statistic that it's just a matter of days before you completely reline your gastrointestinal tract. The turnover is that fast. Yeah, it's very quick. You're right. It's it's very fast. 
but if you have inflammation in a highly inflamed GI tract, you want to accelerate the regrowth of healthy new epithelial cells in the lining of your GI tract and butyrate is the primary uh, short-chain fatty acid, which is the energy source that allows that to happen. And uh, Dr. Hero's probiotics promote the growth of the bacteria in your colonic environment that will produce these short-chain fatty acids, especially the butyrate. Right. So, so it, it, they enhance short-chain fatty acids in a couple of ways. Uh, three ways, actually. One is they provide a little bit of the substrate, but the capsules aren't that huge. So it's a little bit of a starter. They do contain the bacteria which work to produce the short-chain fatty acids, and they also deliver a little bit in the way of short-chain fatty acids as a postbiotic in each capsule, right? So that's... Actually, the... Any short-chain fatty acids in the capsules uh, don't reach the colon. And, oh. uh, and so the, the primary benefit is that the substrate is supporting your probiotic bacteria in your colon to produce these short-chain fatty acids. That yeah. leads me to another question, and, which is, you know, I, I've uh, long thought of, and, I, and I've tried it before, and there are products on the market uh, where you can actually take butyrate. You can take sodium or calcium yeah. butyrate. Uh, it stinks. It smells really bad because it, it's actually uh, akin to the smell of a goat's hindquarters, sort of, right? <laughs> uh, and if, if, yep. I remember once, you know, during the Columbia riots, because I went to Columbia College, uh, and, you know, it was like a time of political tumult, like now, but, Unread, you know, yeah. but it, was, it was the Vietnam War. It was like 1970. And somebody threw a stink bomb in the administration building. And that was also a classroom building. And for a week, we couldn't go in there because it was so, the smell was so oppressive. Obnoxious. And that must have been a chemistry student because it's very easy to, to synthesize butyrate in the, in the chemistry lab. And then they threw a vial of it and it stunk up the whole building. But that's actually what butyrate smells like. Well, anyway, the point being, uh, you're, you're saying that even if you consume a lot of capsules of the butyrate, you know, hopefully capsules, because you don't want to take liquid butyrate. Yeah. It's really nasty. Uh, that it's not going to be uh, absorbed. It's not going to be active or what? Right. Not so active orally. Uh, but when I was the hospital administrator of the alternative hospital cancer and cancer hospital in, in Mexico for years, uh, we made butyrate um, suppositories and uh, gave it rectally. Okay. And that's, that's so we got high absorption goes uh, very good absorption through the rectal hemorrhoidal vein and got high blood levels of butyrate. Okay. Okay, so that's a workaround. But, you know, for some yeah. people, uh, maybe not such an acceptable alternative because <laughs> it's a little skeevy. Uh, okay, yeah. but, and I mean, the best way. Another thing I can mention here, Ron, sure. um, one thing that's very unique about Dr. O'Hara's probiotics is that Dr. O'Hara himself discovered a unique strain of probiotic bacteria called Enterococcus faecalis TH10. Mm -hmm. We refer to it for simplicity as just TH10. And Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are the only product in the world that have this particular strain of probiotic and studies have shown that this uh, TH10 strain is one of the most powerful um, antimicrobial peptides that's been discovered. It's effective against Candida, hmm. against Escherichia coli O157 that's a common cause of food poisoning. It's effective against Clostridium difficile, H. pylori, hmm. MRSA, Salmonella. Um, and so it's really a remarkable strain and it's only in Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. And and that may be one, it kind of points to uh, a phenomenon which we see a lot in 
uh, hospitalized patients or patients who've had to take a lot of antibiotics is that you develop Clostridium difficile. But the way they yeah. get it is because their normal bacterial population is depleted. And I think the implication is that if we keep a healthy bacterial population, that the bacteria, the normal bacteria themselves have antimicrobial properties that can keep these pathogens in check. Exactly. Um, dysbiosis and, and gut problems are essentially a lack of postbiotic metabolites being produced. You don't have enough of the good bacteria or you're not consuming the right type of diet that provides the food for your probiotic bacteria so that they can produce these postbiotic metabolites, which ultimately are the key regulators of your health. Indeed. Okay, uh, good point which to pause because we divide our podcasts into two parts. In part two, we're going to take a deeper dive into the intestinal tract. <laughs> yeah, it's an important place because <laughs> uh, it has implications for virtually everything that's going on in your heart, brain, your metabolism, uh, even with impacts on your weight uh, and mood. Uh, our... our uh, this is, I, I just let me give out the uh, information about EFI. Uh, Dr. Ahir's probiotics are available at Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and other natural health retailers across the U.S. They're also available online at essentialformulas.com. And you can visit uh, that website to find a retailer near you, or you can order directly online. Uh, thanks. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.